1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans, for a man has his father's wife. And you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this thing be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, if you thought Paul had just wrapped up all the heavy hitting in First Corinthians, we're just getting started. You are sorely mistaken. <laughs> like very, very sorely mistaken. Exactly. Strap in. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. We got. We are just now starting. He was like setting. He was just like sharpening the blades. Yes, in, exactly. Uh, three and four. So here we are, First Corinthians five, and you know he's kind of been addressing very abstract uh, error in the Corinthian church. Yeah. Arrogance, attitude, division, and, yeah, attitude, spirit, yeah. spirit, all that sort of stuff. And now he, he's looking at a- actual cases and he, he starts with a very, you know, probably the most specific uh, case that he's going to bring up mm-hmm. and also the most uh, vile, mm-hmm. which is, you know, this a man is, you know, has taken his father's wife and mm-hmm. um, it's you know, rightfully very disturbing and, and strange. And it was just as much then. And, you know, he says that even among the pagans, this is not tolerated. And I don't know how much you know about the ancient world, but a lot was, it was tolerated. pretty wild. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it was a wild time. <laughs> so that was like, like whoa, If you okay. think Super Bowl ads are bad, right. then uh, you would not like ancient Corinth um, and the Roman Empire. So, he begins to get into this. There's some really, uh, you know, I think what to our Western ears sounds very harsh, you know, talking about delivering a man to Satan, Mm -hmm. but you know, even, and we're going to deal with this more, but I do want to point out already, like the end result that Paul's after is that he may be saved in the day of the Lord. That's right. And so let's like approach this. This is still, you know, a father, very lovingly admonishing yeah. his children. So yes. this is not hateful, but it is definitely angry and upset in um, a righteous sense. So yeah, what do you make of this? Um, yeah, no, my first two observations, I'd say like, number one, just that it's such a shocking, um, you know, sin of sexual immorality. You're like, mm-hmm. kind of like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's, it's so instructs us that if you go into life with this kind of um, arrogance and pride and trusting your own human wisdom and um, you know, there's actually, it's shocking where you will end up. I don't think any of these people, like when they, you know, when they come to repentance, when they finally, when they see who Christ is, they'll probably look back on their son and be like, Oh my word, how did we like fall into that? But that's the whole point. It's like mm-hmm. if you go down that path, even even though these people are in church, they're very you know, religious, so to speak. They're if you go down that path of arrogance and human wisdom, like it'll take you places you you can't imagine. And then second, I'd say, what a grace um, church discipline is. I mean, what a beautiful setting, I guess, for mm-hmm. you know to be admonished, to be corrected, and but all with the purposes, like you said, to be restored. 
um, into the body and into this family. So um, it's an important thing. It's actually a really important passage for the way that we do church discipline here and do church, honestly, because you can see that there's like kind of a, there's the idea of membership here. They know who Mm -hmm. the people are. They're determining whether or not to the best of their ability, these people are followers of Christ. And then when they see such egregious behavior that is, you know, not in keeping with a follower of Christ, they're called to do something about it, which is to put them out of the membership so that with the purpose, you know, of bringing them back in um, after repentance. So um, our whole idea of membership and congregational kind of discipline is like taken from this passage. Absolutely. And, you know, church discipline, sometimes a, a hard pill to swallow in terms of like, why would it ever be loving to like, excommunicate somebody you know just Mm. the word just sounds mean (laughs) right (laughs) um and and i think that's like a fair question and uh you know something i've certainly asked and wrestled with and you have to think about the church first of all as a family and and Mm. if you don't view church as a family then it's definitely not going to make sense but you know i would say most families encounter at some point somebody in the family who really just like sadly goes off the the rails Mm -hmm. and and, you know there's just all sorts of cases of you know family members like stealing from family members to fuel addiction and you know uh stuff that i'm sure is like a very raw wound for people in our church who have Mm -hmm. experienced this and the one of the really hard decisions that i've watched a lot of friends and friends families make is the line where you have to kind of go radio silent and like sever ties, mm. you know, hopefully temporarily with a family member. Right. Because it's like the only hope of them getting their attention. Getting, yeah. yeah and getting actually themselves calling together. Them back to, exactly. Yeah. And, and to start pursuing no. healing. Right. And church, the church family is the same way. Mm. You know, you're not going to get excommunicated for you know, stumbling and sin. And if you have like a repentant attitude, but if you were living in sin and refuse uh, to address it as sin, then the church is not going to do you any favors by perpetuating your attitude and acting like nothing is wrong. That's right. And this kind of like tacks on to, this is like the tail. You have to remember, this is like the tail end of a process that's been laid out um, in Matthew 18 verses Mm -hmm. 15 through 17. So like, Presumably, this is all, you know, like one should have gone to the, you know, somebody mm. who knows him yeah. should have gone and said, hey, you know, you need to um, stop this. This is sin and um, abhorrent to God. And then, of course, if the person doesn't repent, then you take a group mm-hmm. um, again with the same loving uh, rebuke, mm-hmm. asking for repentance. Then you take it to the church mm-hmm. and the church, the whole church gets involved, the elders. I mean, you've got more people in authority involved. And then um, you get to this excommunication thing. So this is a, a very um, time-consuming, loving, dr- drawn-out process, yep. giving people the benefit of the doubt, the chance to repent, but um, and demonstrating you know the heart of God, like how much he forbears and he's so patient and slow to anger. Yep. Um, and so the process he's laid out reflects that, but yep. there is a point where if someone's yep. unrepentant, then you need something really harsh. And we see mm-hmm. that all through scripture, like Hebrews um, 3.13 tells us that sin is um, deceiving mm-hmm. and it hardens you. Yep. And so you need something kind of shocking to Absolutely. get your attention. 
And even then the goal of, you know, removing somebody from the body is that they would be shocked and awoken in spirit and right. return in repentance. Like the whole goal is reconciliation always. Yes. And, and the the mission of the gospel is always for people to enter into fellowship with God. And so it's not like you have a certain amount of strikes until the church decides that it hates you, right. but it's at what point does it become necessary to treat you like you're not a family member um, in hopes that you will begin to act like one again right. and um, pursue healing. So let's, uh, you know, we can wrap up soon, but I do want to talk about this language in verse five. You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So we see the intention here is that his spirit would be saved, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> I <laughs> delivering someone like over to Satan. Yeah, yeah. Like I, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And how could that possibly? Yeah, be no, I was thinking about this, uh, about the sermon on um, January one, actually, that Jason preached when mm. he kind of set up this series about, you know, talking about all the um, the wheel and whatnot, the mm-hmm. behaviors mm-hmm. and um, of the church. But he did such a great job of just talking about what the church is and saying that, you know, it is a place where people gather who have Christ reigning in their hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing this together. And so what this language indicates is this person has been living in a way that indicates that Christ does not, in yeah, fact, reign yeah. in their hearts. And as we know, the whole process has been you know, gone through to determine this. Um, and so basically what Paul is saying is turn him out to the place where Christ doesn't reign in the world. Like if he wants to live as you know Satan is reigning in his heart, then send him out to yeah. the outside of the church, to the place where Satan is still God of this world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then let hopefully that will lead to the death of the flesh, which is not like his physical body, but the sin nature yep. um, that that will die, that he'll die to that. And then that is repentance and he'll come back and ultimately be saved in the day of the Lord. So I love this whole like, I mean, where Christ reigns, like this is a beautiful place to be. And this is what we should be perpetuating out Absolutely. in the world, even on mission, which is you know, to say that this actually is very prophetic for a world Mm -hmm. to have a place that's so loving and caring that we would turn someone over to what they have themselves have chosen, but with the hopes that they would repent and return. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's the, the big hesitation a lot of people have with church discipline is, um, is it misrepresenting the love of Christ to, you know, Mm -hmm. basically remove people from fellowship because they're unrepentantly in sin and the answer is like no like it what what is more representative of christ dealing harshly with um with sin or or i would say dealing severely with sin yes or you know tolerating great transgression that is you know counteracting the mission of the gospel that's right and that goes into again what Paul said earlier in the passage that you should mourn. It's like he has such love for Christ. It's mm-hmm. so dishonoring to Christ mm-hmm. who went to the cross and became sin for mm-hmm. us. So he basically became the incest yep. um, so that we could get the credit for the pure and holy life and to live in a way that you know Christ went to the cross for to free you from. I mean, it's so dishonoring to Christ, but also Paul is always so loving towards people. 
he wants more than anything for people to realize that sin is what's killing yeah, he's you. He's mourning for this man. Man, yeah, exactly. exactly. And so he wants him to return and to be fully human and whole and living in a way that actually images the God who loves him so much and not Satan who hates him. Absolutely. Well, we're going to continue with the fun topic of sexual immorality in the church tomorrow. But until then, for Jennifer McClish, this is Will Carlisle. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.